Olsen and Shockey both deploy. They both line up left side. Now Olsen starts in motion towards Cam Newton, who's in the gun. Second down and 10. Cam Newton lofts the pass right side. Steve Smith, corner of the end zone, grabs it, and it's a touchdown. Carolina Panthers. Wow. I tell you what, his, his ring generalship at the quarterback is just going Football Nation, what is up? It is the Sportscasters here, episode number two of our new project, the Football Nation Presents the Sportscasters. It is April 10th, 2012. My name is Steve Bennett. This is Don Russ. We're very excited to be with you. You know, it's our second go at this, and I got to say personally, I was a little blown away by the response to the first one. I don't know about you, Don. Yeah, so far so good. I mean, it might have a lot more to do with Peter King than us. Sure. That, that I'm okay way. with it. And that's okay because, sure. you know, a lot, a, a large part of this show is going to be about that second segment and the guests that we have each week. Uh, but just to introduce ourselves one more time, uh, we're the Sportscasters. Uh, we're a podcast based in Buffalo, New York. And uh, over the course of the last couple of seasons of doing our podcast, one of our favorite guests to have each week was Kerry J. Byrne, who is the number one contributor at uh, footballnation.com. He has the most page views. Uh, he's got probably the most game balls. We got a couple game balls last week. We did, yeah. About yeah. That. I-, I asked when they come in the mail, but I guess they're just <laughs> virtual. Kerry uh, was on our show a bunch of times, and through that we kind of decided to do this project where he brought us over to Football Nation. And we're super excited to be here. Uh, of course, we started off last week. Peter King was our first guest. The response was great. So we're really excited to be back this week, and our guest for you this week is one of our favorites, uh, one of our favorite guys in the business, one of our favorite guys uh, outside of the business. Yeah. You know, he's a podcasting pioneer. He writes for Jimmy Kimmel Live, and his name is Dave Damashek. And we'll talk more about what Dave is and who Dave is when Dave is on the program in a little bit. As for some other kind of like bookkeeping things, don't forget that. This podcast is at footballnation.com. We're still working on iTunes and getting the iTunes feed set up. And then you kind of, Apple's got to approve you, you know, make sure you're not just throwing out any hate speech or anything like that. I guess, you know, they got to keep things uh, copacetic over at Apple. They don't want to risk that giant bundle of cash that they have saved because some knucklehead (laughs) is spouting off at the mouth about Fidel Castro or something. I was again. So, That'll be there soon, but for right now, it's at uh, footballnation.com, thanks to a website called podomatic.com, which if you search Football Nation on podomatic.com, You'll you find get us, a link yep. to find us there. So there's still a couple ways to find us. Also, uh, our other work, the Sportscasters podcast, you can find at www.sports-casters.com. And on that podcast this week, we have Lars Anderson, Ben Ryder, and Darren Elliott from Sports Illustrated. So before we get to anything... Let's do three things. Let's play a game. All right. Count of three. One. All righty. I'll take it off. Two. The oil patterns on a PBA lane are very, very difficult. Three. I might be able to beat Jamarcus Russell at quarterback. (laughs) This is the funnest night ever. (laughs) Did we just become best friends? Yep. Now let's move on to other business. All right, the first matter of business this week is things haven't been good for Greg Williams to begin with, but I'm going to go out on a limb or maybe not that long of a limb and say that I don't think he ever coaches in the NFL again. Uh, Anyone who hasn't heard the leak tapes, they're out there. You can search them on YouTube, on any sports site. They probably have them. uh, There's some colorful language in there. but Not safe for work. No, not safe (laughs) for work at all. But... They're disgusting. There's not really a better way to put it. And on our other podcast, I had talked about in the past how maybe the Saints were being a little bit of a whipping boy for this. I mean, they're being made an example of. But that said, Greg Williams can't get punished harshly enough. If you listen to these tapes, they are absolutely disgusting. He points out very specific injuries to Talks players on the other field. Right. Uh, concussions, things that the NFL is not joking around about. And he talks about seeing 
how ready to play football again this kid is, this number 10 with a concussion. we got to see where his head's at. We want to find out right in the first couple series, all this type of thing. So, I mean, the league tapes are the smoking gun. They're absolutely terrible. Uh, so check those out if you want to be disgusted and have maybe your mind changed about the whole Greg Williams thing. Also, the other piece of evidence that doesn't bode well for Greg Williams is that the Saints suspensions were upheld. The league didn't have any leniency on guys who maybe had less to do with it than Greg Williams did. So the idea that they would ever have leniency on him after hearing these tapes isn't much of one. And my question for you, Steve, is a guy like Michael Vick maybe had a more heinous crime in killing dogs and stuff, but he got to come back into the league. A guy like Pete Rose and the dirtbag scale wasn't nearly that bad. But he gambled on the sport, wrecking the integrity of it. I would argue that Greg Williams kind of did both. Yeah, I think the problem that's going to be for Greg Williams is there's only so many good quarterbacks to go around, and that might be why Michael Vick got another chance. What would be the reason to bring this guy into your organization or locker room? Right, and I mean... Why would you ever even consider it? You could even argue with Vic for as disgusting as it was. He might not be a good human being, but he did serve his time. Uh, he did. Greg Williams is not going to probably serve time. I mean, I don't think so for any of this. But he also kind of affected competition by injuring player. I mean... I don't know. I, you watch more Saints games than me. I don't remember how many players they've injured if it's more than the average number. It isn't. Maybe not. No, it's not. But, I mean, his intention was to injure players, and that, to me, is probably worse than what Pete Rose did. He's awful. Rose gambled on it, but he never – there's no evidence that he gambled on his own games or ever threw a game, if anything. I mean, he was Johnny Hustle out there. Yeah, Greg Williams is an awful dude, and, you know, like you said, maybe – there comes a point in time where he has served his time and the commissioner reinstates him. That doesn't mean he has a job. No, who would touch him? You know, and, and that's where I think even if the commissioner says, you know, you've been you've served your time, you've cooperated, you went to this counseling, you did this anger management or whatever, what would be the motivation to ever bring him into your locker room? Why oh, would you yeah. ever want that distraction? Why would you ever want to take that risk? He is kryptonite. He's yeah, NFL those, kryptonite right those now. Those tapes. No team can ever touch him. And the interesting thing about those tapes, I kind of feel bad for Steve Gleason because, you know, the, those tapes leaked because Steve Gleason, who has a former saint, he's the saint that um, blocked the punt, the famous punt block in the f- original uh, comeback game to the Superdome. He now has oh, right, ALS right. or Lou Gehrig dis- disease, and he was around the team that weekend, and the guy who recorded that video was doing a documentary on him. And I know he feels really bad that, <laughs> you know, the, the documentarian decided to leak those tapes and kind of put the Saints in a bad position. But that, yeah, just as a good person, you'd almost have to do it, though. Yeah, it's, and that's, it's pretty disgusting. I don't look. I know you're a Saints fan, so maybe I'm somewhat. Oh, I'm, not by tr- this. I'm not trying to but, defend anything they did. No, I know. But what I'm saying is, like, I don't really even hold the players. Res- I mean. Some of these players are kids, you know what I mean? And you've got a coach who's supposed to be in a position of leadership, and that's the way he goes about it, really. If you're out there and you haven't heard of tapes, listen to the tapes, and you'll, you'll see what I mean. All right, uh, my first story tonight is kind of a breaking story. Uh, Bobby Petrino, the coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks and the former coach of the Atlanta Falcons, has been fired. Uh, he will not return as head football coach at Arkansas, and this is uh, right before what could be Arkansas's best chance ever to win the national championship. Um, He was put on administrative leave last week uh, when he didn't tell his bosses right away that a 25-year-old female football program employee was riding with him during an April 1st motorcycle crash. Uh, Petrino is married. He has four children, so you know he's obviously caught red-handed cheating on his wife here, Um, and... You know, this is, again, an example of, and I think maybe Sean Payton got himself in trouble because of this, too. The cover-up is always worse than the crime. Sure. And, you know, lying to Arkansas about this, putting them in a position where they had to put him on, on an administrative leave and think about this is led to his firing. And I can tell you that there's probably a big party in Atlanta right now because if you remember – Petrino left the Falcons high and dry to take this Arkansas job a few years ago, 
And, you know, since then, things have worked out all right for my, for Atlanta. They hired Mike Smith, who's been a fantastic coach. You know, they started the, the Matt Ryan era. They've hosted playoff games. And, you know, they're probably thrilled to death that this guy's career is right in the toilet. And he might be another guy that just isn't worth it. And he made a ton of money. He's super expensive. He was making $3.5 million annually. And, you know, there's even another report that says that there was some potential sanctions that the team wanted to put on him, and he wasn't going to accept those, so they decided to fire him instead. Regardless of what the story is, it's pretty non-controversial to say that Bobby Petrino's a scumbag (laughs) and that he got what's coming to him. Yeah, something about these uh, college guys, they they feel invincible, invincible. they're the opposite of invisible, they feel absolutely invincible and uh, untouchable and Good. Good riddance. Yep. Another My, bad guy out of the game. Sure. My second thing this week, at Mort Report tweets, uh, Bill Parcells is certain to remain retired and not serve as the Saints interim head coach per sources. More coming on ESPN. This was earlier today at about Bummer. 2 p.m. Yeah. Um, look, I think the Saints are going to be okay either way. It sounds like they're going to promote from within. Yeah, it uh, seems like Vitt is the most likely candidate. Although he's suspended for the six first six games, so personally, I would rather see them promote someone like uh, Peter Carmichael Jr. or uh, Steve Spagnuolo, who is going to be able to be there all season. Again, in the in the wake of all this, I I think they got to sign Breeze. I mean, I, obviously they know oh. that, but I mean the Saints need some good news just from a PR standpoint. In from a comp- competitive standpoint, you've got to sign the best quarterback arguably in the league. And uh, he's what's going to – if this was any other team without a quarterback, if this was a team like Buffalo, if this was a team like Miami going through all this stuff, I would think their season was going to be destroyed. But because they have a great quarterback, I I think they'll be all right. And that division wasn't great last year as people thought it might be. Might be improved. Maybe Carolina is going to – and, and Tampa Bay spent a lot of money. Yeah, that's true. Tampa did. Uh, here's the thing about Parcells. I think it didn't work out partially because I don't think that the owner of the Saints, Tom Benson, was ever quite as on board with this project as, as the media and everybody else. Yeah, uh, Peyton was, right. and I think that he's cheap, Benson, and okay. I don't think he was going to pay Parcells what it was going to take to get him off the couch. That's just my opinion based on what I know about the Saints organization, being a fan of him for the last you know, 25 years or whatever. And the other thing I would say is, look at Breeze is the most important person in the history of the franchise. I don't understand why he's not signed yet. The negotiation piece should be very simple. Hey, Drew Breeze, how much money do you want to play? Oh, right. okay, here you go. Here's the contract. Let's sign it and walk away. And, and it's even more important now, and Breeze knows that. So the Saints want to get him under contract. They're going to have to do what he wants. And I've never gotten the impression, and maybe this is naive, that Breeze would – hold them over the fire. So he probably just wants fair market value, which is probably number one quarter, like highest paid player in the league money. Somebody has to be the highest paid player in the league. He, no, maybe, nobody deserves it more than he does. So make him the highest paid player in the league. I'm sure he's not asking for. And regardless of who the coach is next year, whether it's Carmichael, whether it's Spagnuolo, whether it's Joe Vitt, the coach is going to be, at least on the offside, offensive side of the ball, it's going to be Drew, Drew Brees. Brees right. You know, I mean, they've, one of the things that have made the Saints successful recently is that he's been able to be an extension of the coach on the field, and he's just going to have to be even more of that now. And the more responsibility that you're putting on Drew Brees, the more you need to compensate him for it. And I think there's no getting around the fact that he needs to be the highest paid player in the league. Right, and if he wants to make, if that means paying him... $10 million more in some long-term contract than the current highest-paid player. That $10 million for a happy Drew Brees for this season, which has been a disaster so far in the offseason, has got to be easily worth it. I and mean, you mentioned that your report was from Mortensen? Yes. Uh, Jason Lactafora has reported at a league source that Bill Parcells has informed the Saints he'll stay re- retired. So there's multiple sources right. on that now. Uh, Peter King reported that Tony Dungy is out of the running. Okay. Uh, I guess Tony Dungy's name kind of came up because if the Saints are going to go outside of the organization, I think we mentioned this last week. Go to the defense they have side. to be. Well, they have to be in compliance with the oh, Rooney, Rooney rule. rule. Yeah. You know, so uh, Dungy would have um, would have filled that that gap, but um, yeah, it's not going to work out. It's going to be Carmichael probably or Spagnolo. Uh, I think it should probably you should let 
uh, Steve Spagnuolo will concentrate on rebuilding the defense and just have Carmichael be the uh, be the head coach because Sean Payton really didn't do much with the defense anyway. Right. So you don't have to really change the structure of the team too much. And I think with Joe Vitt being suspended for six games, I think that that's yeah, not going to work. Yeah. So yeah, to give it to him. All right, my number two thing this week is a really interesting story. Um, Ohio State, this is from NFL.com. Um, Ohio State coach Urban Meyer has taken some slings and arrows lately for how he conducts business. Okay, that's uh, not really the big story. But uh, there's a recent story saying that while Urban Meyer was at Florida, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Percy Harvin attacked former Florida wide receivers coach Billy Gonzalez. That supposedly happened in 2008. The report is that Harvin reportedly grabbed Gonzalez by the neck, threw him into the ground before two assistant coaches pulled the receiver away. Uh, Meyer allegedly never disciplined Harvin. Um, Meyer, uh, Meyer says this, something did happen and something was, was handled, yeah. quote unquote. I don't think it's fair to Percy Harvin or Bill Gonzalez to talk about it. Gonzalez went to protect uh, Harvin a little bit further, saying it's a little bit of an overblown. I mean, every gay player wants to get his voice heard. Um, really, I guess it can't really hurt Harvin at this point. I mean, you don't win the Heisman or anything. Uh, no, you know, it's just how, how hurt. old is, uh, does it have the age of the other guy? Like how much, I mean, this is going back how many years? 2008. Hard? Yeah. So we're going back four years here. One thing that didn't come out in the report is whether or not Harvin had a headache after. <laughs> it's probably safe to assume that he did and then ruined a bunch of people's fantasy college seasons right but uh yeah i don't i don't know i'm never one i'm not the uh knuckle dragger football fan it's all about like hitting and this isn't tennis this isn't golf but that said i imagine things get heated at times players get in fights so unless you don't want to be pulling a spree well though no no (laughs) but i mean it's definitely not good for his reputation no but but he was a kid too harvin's a kid yep He's not the biggest guy. This isn't Ray Lewis no. beating down a coach. This isn't uh, Pedro Martinez taking out that pitching coach. Right. I, yeah, I think this might be more of a sour story for Urban Meyer. For you not know, doing For anything. not doing anything. I think right. it just makes Urban Meyer look like more of a jerk than anything. They they said it was dealt with, though, so it's a strange... wonder what that means. Right. It's a strange story to come out now. But, again, these... College players at times, like it wasn't dealt with in any way. I don't remember if Harvin would have missed time, it would have been a story. You know what I mean? So it was some slap on the wrist. This is an example of like the Bayheim uh, having the self-imposed rules that they just decided not to follow because it would have meant suspending their star players. And college is is a strange, strange animal. Sure is. My last thing this week: Andrew Luck is scheduled to leave tonight. He's probably already left to go meet with the Redskins. Uh, and I believe he's actually going to work out. That RG3 is going to meet with the Skins, who is, are kind of expected to take him. But he's not going to work out for anybody. Right. So when he said he wasn't going to meet the Colts, he's not working out with anybody. Um, my question is, is, do you think there's any real controversy at the draft? Is there any way? I think this is about due diligence. Yeah. Covering your bases. How blown away would you have to be to change your mind? You've wanted luck for... Oh, you have to, I, I I can't see it happening. I just think that you know this has been so. That it's almost like the two things have collided, right? You know, like the Manning injury happened, and then sure. they just kept losing. And Luck was such a huge prospect, and they just been coming together and coming together. And I don't see why something that happened at the combine would change your mind about that, right? You know, and I think that. But if you're Washington, you got to get this pick right. You've spent a lot to move up, and if it so happens that Indianapolis decides at the 11th hour that they're going to take Griffin, you better be ready to know if you want Luck. My question is then, if you're Andrew Luck, would you – I mean, I know you've had a lot of time to wrap your head around playing in Indy because just since the end of the season, you've known you've been the highest priority. They've been the uh, worst team. They they cut their star quarter – or they got rid of their star quarterback – would you rather be a Redskin, though? Is that the better situation? I know Dan Snyder can be stupid with money a little bit sometimes, and they go after some crazy free agents that never seem to pan out. But 
they'd have to be argued that they're closer than Indy to competing again, right? I mean, would you rather go into a role like that, or would you rather go into it where you're going to take your lumps for a few years, but they're going to build around you in Indianapolis? You know, I think if I'm Andrew Luck and I'm a guy who went to the Peyton Manning quarterback camp and has a relationship with the Mannings, I want to be able to go and play in the house that Manning built, and I want to, I want to be able to go out there and prove that I can make this team a winner too. And I would rather not have to deal with Dan Snyder and Mike Shanahan and all of that in Washington. I would rather be able to go to a place. Washington is going to make this pick with the expectation that they're going to be a playoff team next year. Right. Um, I think Indianapolis is going to make this pick with the expectation that they're going to build for the future. Right. They'll be a playoff team in five years, but then they'll be a playoff team for 10 straight years after right. that. And maybe they think even less. I don't think it took Peyton quite five. You know, no, maybe they right. think three, you know, sure. Especially uh, the way Cam Newton performed last year. Right. But I think if I'm luck, I, I think I'd rather go to Indianapolis. And I think so much has been leaning that way for so long. Sure. It, it seems late in the process to want to switch that. Right. And, but I think the Redskins are doing the right thing. I think they got to have men because if something does happen that, uh, the, excuse me, the Colts change your mind. You got to be ready to know if, if that's the guy you want to pick. But if Luck isn't the guy you want to pick, then you got to trade out of that spot. And then are they going to get back to retire? I mean, no. that, that would be chaotic if they do find something out about Luck. That They're they probably locked in. They'd ha- they have to be, even from a PR standpoint. Uh, the draft's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, you, you, you make a lot of good arguments for why you'd want to stay there, but that's, that's tough. That he's going to follow arguably one of the that is tough yeah there's pressure there there's pressure there and if manning's having a great season in denver and luck struggles a bit his first year people are going to say why didn't we bring manning back we could be you know why are we doing this you know this wasn't time for this yet and as a quick aside about this there was an nfl scout who anonymously came out and said that he thinks there's five better quarterbacks than five better quarterbacks than any drafted last year I know I told you this off the air when we were doing a little bit of show prep, and your question was, did he forget about Newton? I mean, Newton had one of the best rookie seasons of all time. And if he didn't, that's going to be great for some team that's picking early in the second or late in the first round, which is, as a Bills fan, I hope that's true because they could always use a quarterback. If he's right, I would think that the first five picks in the draft are going to be quarterbacks because if there's five guys (laughs) in this draft they are better than Cam Newton, they should go one, two, three, four, five. I would bet a lot of money that doesn't happen. I would bet it doesn't too because I think this guy's off of his rocker. Yeah, he might be. And you know, the I thought the class was quite strong last year. I thought Jay Locker showed a lot of promise when he was in limited action. I thought Christian Ponder showed a little bit. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton went to a playoff game. Yep. I mean, if th- this is going to be the greatest QB class of all time <laughs> if, if this guy's right. If there's five guys better than all that. Fingers crossed. All right, last thing this week, and this is going to file under the column of couldn't have happened to a better guy, but Warren Sapp announced in between the first show and the second that he is going to file for bankruptcy report. He owes more than $6.7 million to creditors, uh, back child support, alimony. He's he's filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy in South Florida. He has $6.45 million in assets, including 240 pairs of Jordan athletic shoes, (laughs) a a $2,250 watch, a lion skin rug worth worth $1,200. He's also reported losing the 2002 Super Bowl ring he won and the 1991 National Championship ring. Wow. Does anyone believe that? No. Oh, man, I can't find those rings. What, what is he, have gambling? What is that, crazy? Is it going to come out that he has gambling I problems? Know, this is or? the craziest thing I've ever heard. Uh, the court documents were filed in bankruptcy court in Fort Lauderdale. Um, it's insane. Now, more problems for SAP. It's reported that the NFL Network might be done with him. That's It has to be because of this story. The, the only reason I say that is because he's an interesting character. Maybe not quite as colorful as like a Charles Barkley, but... He's their closest thing to like a Charles Barkley. He's a big, goofy guy. Uh, he's, he's fairly entertaining. Don, do you think you could make ends meet with an average monthly income of one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars? I eight hundred and eighty-one. I could scrape by, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this guy. It's reported his average monthly income is one hundred and fifteen thousand eight hundred and eighty-one dollars. That includes $45,000 for a final contract payment with Showtime. They're probably done with them. The despicable There's one $45,000 job out the window. 
The despicable uh, thing is the child support thing. Got to oh, pay your child support. Absolutely. Come on. Before before you buy your 200th pair of, pair of Jordans, Jordans. Pay, your, pay your kids. I've never been a fan of Sap. I've always thought he's kind of a jerk. I have enjoyed him as a TV personality. Yeah, he's always, he was a dirty player. Yeah, he's been a good personality. He probably played for the right teams in his career, playing for the, the Raiders, Raiders sure. and the Bucks and stuff. So he probably has fit in. But this guy's a jerk. I don't believe you've lost your Super Bowl ring and your national championship ring. You just don't want to claim them in the proceedings. Yeah, this sounds yeah, – well, that's interesting too. It sounds like it's the beginning of a uh, maybe a bigger Warren Sapp story. Yeah, so we're going to file this as we go along. Sure. All right, that's going to do it for three things today. Let's take a break and come back with the great Dave Damashek and maybe a surprise. Our guest tonight is from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and is a graduate of Indiana University. He has worked in television, producing pages for Jimmy Kimmel Live, Sports Geniuses, and The Man Show. He is also a pioneer in the podcasting industry, having hosted Damashek On Demand for ESPN, the Dave Damashek Show, powered by AccuScore, Days of Thunder for the Ace Broadcasting Network, and his current show, the Dave Damashek Football Program for NFL.com. He also writes a blog for NFL.com, produces a weekly shame report, and speculates on some of the most significant moments in NFL history with his brilliant NFL animations. A warm football nation presents the sportscasters. Welcome to the great Dave Damashek. How are you doing today, Dave? Well, I love that intro every time I hear it because <laughs> it, uh, it reminds me that I have uh, been able... It's a good instructive lesson for young people like yourself that... Uh, no matter how many crummy shows you list, there's still a chance that you can overcome them. And I believe I've done that to some degree. Well, I don't after know. all those horrible shows you just mentioned. I don't know how much you know about Football Nation, Dave, but there's over a thousand people who write for this website for free, basically, that are just trying to, you know, break into the business, so to speak. What advice do you have mm-hmm. for them? Well, how many what? I'm sorry? You know, there's about a thousand writers who you know are trying to break into the business on Football Nation. I just wonder what advice you might have for for someone like that. What advice might I have? That doing that is a good place to start. You know, most people in uh, um, in Los Angeles out here they come out here because they say they want to be in the entertainment industry, but really they don't. It seems like fun. That's what they want to do. They don't want to do a conventional job because they've already tried that, and it's no fun to do that. And they figure, hey, show business. That seems like fun. And uh, but uh, actual, actually sitting there and writing and and doing all that stuff. That's the trick, isn't it? So making your pages every day. That would be the advice I would have. Actually, you guys are better uh, people to give advice than I am because you guys get uh, the best guests of just about any show. In the world, you guys line them all up. You guys are an impressive uh, duo, chasing down all the big name media guys that you have over the last year or so. Well, we appreciate that, buddy. Hey, Myself excluded, of course. You know, one of the big reasons we wanted to have you on today because it seems like the creeps are running amok out there right now, Dave. I mean, you got yeah. you got Petrino and his nonsense out there. You know, there's the Greg Williams and this whole embarrassing mess for me with the Saints bounty stuff. I mean, you, I think ever since the shame report ended after Super Bowl for or went into hiatus, it seems like, you know, the creeps and jerks and all that are just, they're out of control. What what can you do? Yeah, I feel like they're taking advantage of my goodwill. And I think they're going to learn a, pa- a painful lesson at some point soon, that, uh, that this is not a license just because the NFL season ends to uh, run around and act uh, like you say, like a creep. I'm not going to stand for it, and uh, they're going to feel uh, they're going to feel some repercussions when I uh, when I return to the shame report, which I might do. Who knows? Maybe even next week I'll do one because of uh, the dire straits that we find our not just football but uh, our society in. But yeah, you know, I, I you know I'm conflicted though because I feel like, to be honest with you, I feel like the real creeps. Are are not, you know Greg Williams? Yes, what he that audio tape is pretty pretty Gross. damning stuff. Yeah. You know, there's no way, and I don't know what Sean Payton could possibly say that would extricate him from this mess. I like that he appealed it. Like, well, it wasn't me who said those things. <laughs> no, I no, 
honest, uh, Kamishka. Now, I had, I had my earbuds in when he was making that speech. <laughs> I was listening to uh, Hunger Games on, on audio tape. I, I didn't hear what Greg Williams was saying, but, you know, uh, and by the way, I also love that, uh, I love the idea of appealing your, uh, well, Commissioner Goodell decided to hand down this penalty. You're suspended, here's your fine. I appeal that. Um, I'm going to go talk to Commissioner Goodell about that. And Commissioner Goodell, Commissioner Goodell upholds his own ruling. What, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> Wait a second. The same guy who gave me the initial penalty? Well, now that I see that you've got a frowny face on, all right, I'll cut it in half. What was he going to say to that? But um, the people who are really bad, I feel like, are the people who are ascending in this spring of 2012 up to Mount Pius about all this. Oh, everyone's so upset about everything, whether it's the Saints' bounty. And by the way, here's the thing with the uh, with the bounty. Greg Williams' language is bad. And when he's saying, go after that guy's ACL, give that guy a headshot. But it is great, isn't it, to, make, to, to say that versus what any NFL locker room must have sounded like over the last 50 or 60 years. Isn't it getting a little bit... You know, isn't it? Aren't we playing a little fast and loose with that? Greg Williams and the Saints are criminals, but everybody else is okay. Mean Joe Green kicked guys on the field. Jack Lambert ripped helmets off. Uh, you know, for Deacon Jones, we watch NFL films, and Deacon Jones is on there talking about hitting guys in the head, and he's a legend. So it, it it's no wonder that the players and even the coaches would be a little bit. Uh, mystified as to where the line is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Are you saying you wouldn't have and, suspended them then? or No, listen, it's a, it's a tough spot because the NFL has gone out of its way, and I think that, uh, and, and rightly, you know, the sport is would be in jeopardy if it if it is perceived to be barbaric. I mean, look at look at boxing as a for instance. You know, boxing, people forget that, that sports go in cycles. You know, you could say, well, the NFL is untouchable. It's, it's you know, it's so popular. What could ever take that down? Well, you know, 60 or 70 years ago, the three most popular sports were baseball, boxing, horse racing. Does anybody follow either of the latter two I just mentioned? And baseball, for that matter, I think you could make a case of behind basketball now. Too, you know, I mean, baseball certainly doesn't hold a candle in terms of popularity to what it once did. Um, so, you know, football is not an untouchable sport, and so the NFL rightly says, you know, we can't condone that sort of uh, barbaric stuff. As more and more of these stories come out about the guys, you know, who have these severe physical problems, you know, ten years, twenty years after their career. So it's good that the league's trying to do something about it. But once you decide that this is what we're going to address and we're going to try and, uh, you know, slow that down as much as possible, now you kind of have to do, you you know, what are you going to do but penalize these teams for doing it? And, you know, I just, uh, my point is, isn't that they shouldn't have been suspended, but it is disingenuous, like I say, when we hear people you're so upset how could they do this yes the league must step in and penalize this but look this is the way the game's been played for five or ten decades now we're in the midst of trying to transform it um so the idea that greg williams is alone on some evil island concocting these plans while everyone else is uh is clean and pure is is uh is pretty phony as far as i'm concerned but you know listen that's what it's about the, the residents of Mount Pius, that's what it's all about. They're very, the real estate up on, uh, on, the, on that uh, desired soil has never been more expensive right now. Listen, everybody with this uh, Ozzie Guillen stuff, you know, yeah. the Miami Marlins thing, and, oh, how could he say those things? <laughs> Listen, Ozzie Guillen did not say, yes, if you isolate the comment, he says, I love Castro. He's saying, I love Castro because... It's amazing everybody's tried to kill him for 60 years and no one's been able to kill him. It's amazing. It's the equivalent of saying that, you know, man, cockroaches, they're the worst, but they're impossible to to kill. You know, it's the same. He's making that comment. But everyone has to become so basic with their life. Well, that's what he said, though. He said he loves Fidel Castro. He's giving him a backhanded sort of swipe like, man, this guy's a terrible guy. Everybody's out to get him, and yet nobody's ever taken him down. 
resiliency. He's making some analogy about that with about that it's important to be resilient if you're going to be a professional athlete. But instead, everybody has to get so, oh, suspend him, fire him. He's going to ruin society. Does anybody think that Ozzie Guillen, a Latino man with many Cuban friends that he played with that, he, that, that surround him and now live around him and his family in Miami, does anybody think that Ozzie Guillen was really saying, hey, I love that dictator who has made millions <laughs> of lives miserable? I mean, does anybody think that that... Is there anybody who's complaining about what he said that thinks that that was what he was saying? Of course they don't. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, and, and there's more. There's all kinds of examples, and it's been hard for me as a Saints fan because you get put into a position where it's like part of you wants to defend your team, the other part of you knows that part of it is indefensible, but then the third part of you knows that your your team's got to fall on the sword for a league full of people that are doing stuff that's pretty close to the same. Oh, it's so, you, you, that's exactly right. You know that there must be teams around. Maybe not every coach talks exactly in that manner, but on some level, I'm sure defensive coaches in particular extol that whole, you know, that like hit him in the mouth, you know, smash him, you know, knock, you know, that some variation on that kind of talk. I'm sure they're all like, Whoo! Good thing they didn't have audio tapes. Us now, Greg Williams is dumb to know that they're making a documentary and cameras are rolling. Like, oh well, this this isn't going to apply to that documentary, so we're cool. I mean, like, well, listen, if they're recording it, you should be careful, and that's stupid on your part. But um, yeah, I agree with you about uh, about that completely. Yes, of course. I, you know, the interesting comparison, as far as I'm concerned, though, is to Spygate. You know. I, like I say, the league is cracking down on safety. You know, uh, trying to trying to yes, trying to make the sport as safe as possible. So if somebody is going against that on record, as Greg Williams more or less was, then of course they have to crack down on that. But from a competitive um, advantage standpoint, I don't think there's any question that Spygate is worse. I mean, those guys that's that's all hyperbole. Knock his block off. Hey, hit him. You know, I mean, hit. An injured guy in the knee is crossing a line, but the idea of like hit that guy, knock him out, that kind of talk is not going to change a game. Those the defensive players are in that mindset. Having plays of the other team, though, now that's a competitive advantage. So it's interesting to compare the two and say the penalties are the same. And for all that talk, as I've said a million times, all the talk about. Um, well, that goes on in other locker rooms. I'm sure that the kind of talk that Greg Williams was making did happen in other locker rooms. A lot of people said, oh, Spygate, a lot of teams videotape other teams' practices. There's never been a single piece of evidence that would <laughs> prove that that's the case. That is the one that sticks in my craw. That, well, a lot of teams do it. Do they? Because I haven't seen it. you think somebody somewhere would produce a videotape, and yet we've seen nary a one. But anyway, I think that's a fun comparison to make as well. I want to move on, but I want to ask you one last thing, Dave. Do you know what the bounty was on Marshawn Lynch when he stomped on the face of every Saints defensive player on the way to the end zone in the playoffs a couple <laughs> years ago? <laughs> well I, done, sir. I'm still wondering. I like that. I'm still wondering what the bounty was that day. Uh, you know, Water. the next the next big thing in the NFL is the draft. You know, and there's all these guys talking on TV about ball skills and. And things like that, and acting like they've seen a million college football games, and you know the whole kind of field of jobs that have been produced out of the draft is almost similar to the whole field of jobs that have been created out of um, bracketology. You know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I wonder. You know, what is a guy like Dave Damashek like? What do you? What interests you about the NFL draft? Like, what what are you curious to see happen? I love it. That's one of those. The NFL draft is one of those uh, great devices that is captivating to sit and watch in April or May, like it used to be. And you know, you're so far away from actual football, and yet there's something about you, you because you're so hungry for football that when you're sitting there watching it, it doesn't register. Yeah, this guy is a 21 year old guy who may or may not play this season, or might just you know be a nickelback, or you know might might uh, be a special teamer. But in that moment, you you you'll sit for um, for five hours waiting to see your team draft. And in fact, 
it's that 15-minute wait in between each pick that you forget about every year. You'll sit and watch. You'll be like, oh, well, my team's drafting at uh, 27th, and they're and they're at pick 11. I'll, I'll hang in here for another 20 minutes <laughs> and see how it winds up. And then, like, and then eight hours later, you're still sitting there waiting to see who your team picks. It's ingenious. But, yeah, listen, at least Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and all these guys, at least they can conceivably – analyze something just about year-round. Bracketology, that hokum, that's <laughs> how that guy has turned that into a career it's is amazing. beyond me. I both envy him and, uh, and and resent him for being able to carve out this little nick in his life. And I also love the whole thing. Hey, he correctly got 62 of the 65 teams. Yes, we all would. It's not like any of us are saying, <laughs> no one out there is saying, hey, I think that... Um, that uh, five and twenty-seven Penn State is going to the is going to the <laughs> tournament. We all know who's in play. We can all reasonably assess. Like, yeah, there are like eight or ten teams that may or may not make it. Uh, here are the here are the the six that I think are going to make it. You know, we would all have that same percentage. But he gets credit for that. Hey, he hit on sixty-two of sixty-five. Yeah, we all had North Carolina and Duke and Michigan <laughs> and everybody else. It would uh, the weatherman would, his job would be a lot easier if you know Mother Nature sent down the weather for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and all he had to do is figure out the other days. You know what I mean? It's like the the bracketology <laughs> thing. He already knows two thirds of the field before he even sits down at his desk, and then you know the next half of the other third, like you said, is North Carolina and all the powerhouses that didn't get the auto bid. So yeah, it's silly. I want to ask. True. Yes, we park our cars in the same garage on this. It's ridiculous. And he also, the other thing is, too, he's also lazy, ultimately, because he'll do something like, he'll write, um, he doesn't, you know, like if it's, I'm trying to think of one of those cruddy conferences, the Colonial or whatever. He'll say, he doesn't even take a guess on that one. He'll just say, automatic bid for the Colonial. That's right. what he'll fill in there. Like, <laughs> hey, if you're so great, Lenard, you put yourself out there and guess. Guess right. which one of those Colonial teams is going to get the bid. Don't just write that in, automatic bid. I, I have a personal question for you, Dave, but uh, you know, you're a big Steelers fan. You don't hide that. Why hasn't anyone signed Mike Wallace to an offer sheet? You know, it's funny. I just left the NFL Network, and by the way, um, if I may uh, brag about how I spent my day, I, I spent it kibitzing uh, with uh, the trio of um, Wes Welker, DeMarcus Ware, and Clay Matthews, and you mentioned that I'm a Steeler fan. It is getting weird that I, the, when I meet these guys, almost none of them are jerks. And you want them to be jerks, you know? Right. Villains, villains in movies, they behave themselves like jerks all the time, unless they're wooing a lady, you know? And even when they woo the lady, they did it like 10 years ago. It's funny how when you watch movies, how the hero <laughs> of the movie is with the foxy girl, but then turns out in her past she dated the bad guy. And it's like, mm. how much range do you have, lady? <laughs> this guy's got the, the hero of the movie's a good-looking blonde guy. The bad guy is this evil guy who has a peg leg or something. But you went for him, too? You have a lot of range in, uh, in, in taste in <laughs> men there. But anyway, um, the uh, I, I, I've lost my place now with my we're stupid ta- uh, analogy. <laughs> we're talking about Wallace, why he hasn't yeah. been signed, right? So I was talking with those guys, so we were talking about... That, but they're all nice guys, so it's hard to hate them, and you really would like to hate them, and right. that's uh, a problem for me. But, uh, yeah, so I was talking with them, and I was talking with them, I'm like, what is going on with Mike Wallace? And then you were reminded, like, you know, a guy like Drew Brees isn't signed yet either, so I guess there's still some wiggle room out there, although the vast majority of, of signings went down in the first week or so. Um, the expectation, I can tell you this, is talking to a couple of guys who are uh, the beat writers with that with the Steelers, that the expectation is is with the Steelers is that he's going to return there, and Roethlisberger is working him real good to get him back in there, and and certainly that offense, whatever you think about Mike Wallace's drop off in the second half of the season, and if you look at his numbers, it was a a pretty uh, steep decline there. That offense will look awfully different and much worse than it did last year if he if, if Antonio Brown is their number one wide receiver. I mean, for you know, if you take Mike Wallace with that kind of speed and everything, they're in trouble. So certainly the Steelers are incented to keep him, and that's why they're um, that's why they made some of those cuts that they made. They made some obviously some big name cuts um, to in in order to retain 
Mike Wallace. And the thing I think they're gambling on is that nobody ultimately is going to be willing to give up a first round, um, you know, first of all, pay the amount of money that Mike Wallace would require to leave there, which is somewhere in the range of $11 million. With the, you know, I'm bad at math, but if, you know, if I've got my math correct, it's somewhere around mid $9 million range that the Steelers um, are going to have to pay him. If anybody else exceeds that, the Steelers won't match that. The Steelers won't match an $11 million offer. But what team out there realistically is going to pay $11 million and give up a first-round draft pick to get Mike Wallace? It's unlikely. So right. I think that's what the Steelers are gambling on. And, uh, and you know, like I say, as a Steeler fan, if they, they, you know, shame the devil if they don't get him because uh, that offense is going to have a tough time throwing the ball with Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders and whoever they get in the draft. Football Nation and Sportscasters here with uh, Dave Damashak, who you can find on Twitter at Damashak. You can find his work on the NFL Network. You can find him on NFL.com. He's all over the place, does a great podcast. Not quite as good as this one, but <laughs> uh, really good as well with his buddy Adam Rank. It's called the Dave Damashak Football Program. Good. Yeah, and by the way, look for it now because uh, the new episode should be up there as we speak, and uh, it is with... Uh, uh, we we uh, yap with uh, Clay Matthews, Demarcus Ware, and uh, and Wes Welker. Dave, you're working on a promotion with Cars.com, and I'd love for one of our listeners to be able to go to the Hall of Fame game or the draft or whatever other cool events you're going to with you. So why don't you lay that out for us? How do you how do you enter it? What are the parameters of it? Tell us a little bit about that promotion. Oh, don't be a jerk. I don't remember how you do it. You go just look for go to NFL.com and look for uh and look for the cars.com thing or or, or, or enter in the keywords uh either my name, Damashek or or Ultimate Fan Road Trip. Something like that'll pull it up for you and, and and you'll find it. But yeah, I'm gonna be at the draft in a couple of weeks and um there uh, I'm hoping that what I'm gonna do is tentatively what the plan is I'm going to go to the, I think it's called the fan shop, the gift shop, whatever, right there, and I'm going to find a fan um, there, and um, me and him, or uh, she and she and Dave, are going to go, and uh, we're going to experience what it's like to be an NFL draft pick day of, and uh, you know the days around that, and uh, you'll get up on the podium. Oh, I'm sorry, a you're going to have your name called oh. from the podium. And, and so, you know, a lot of people, you know, NFL is also doing a promotion where you get to announce a draft pick. But I say, let's do it even better. Let's have them announce your name and have you get called up there and take a photograph, you know, with you holding the jersey, all that kind of cool stuff. So it'll be a good time in NYC. And if you do go to the NFL.com website, you'll see um, that, uh, that, that there's some information there on how to sign up. Uh, not just this one. I'm going to be going to different games around, you know, once the season gets going, I'll be at the stadium. I'll be at different stadiums taking a fan around with me doing all the kind of stuff, the bucket list stuff for NFL fans. Dave, I'll put in 50 bucks if you match it. Let's try to find the guy who wins the NFL promotion to uh, to announce the draft pick and tell him we'll give him the 100 bucks if after he reads the name he giggles and says, what a bust that's going to be. <laughs> Yeah, that could be. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right, I'm in. I'll match. I'll match your dollar figure. I like it. All right, bud. Thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate it. Again, Dave Damashek at Damashek, uh, D-A-M-E-S-H-E-K on Twitter. Thanks, buddy. Hey, and uh, I appreciate you guys keeping the spirits up. I know it's tough times in Buffalo right now. Yeah. What are you yeah, talking yeah. about? Mario Williams is in the building. Bills fans everywhere. Well, that's rejoicing. nice. No, it's exciting for the Bills, but right. football season doesn't start for a few months. I'd rather mm. watch uh, you guys take out the uh, the New York Blue shirts in round one. Wait, the but Sabres didn't make, happen, they didn't make the playoffs? I thought they made no, it. You, oh, damn. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, they did make it. Yeah, they, they <laughs> start. Uh, yeah, the Sabres don't start till like, next week, though. Oh. Go on vacation. <laughs> when you come back, they'll be probably in the finals. All then. right. Go Pens. Go Pens and D. Beat the Flyers. If you like the righteous, you like the Penguins. If you if you like villainy, then root for the other team. <laughs> All right, buddy. Talk to you later. All right, fellas.
All right, we want to thank the great Dave Damashek for joining us on the podcast today. Dave is truly, and I don't know if we mentioned this on our podcast last week, but we wouldn't be here doing this if it wasn't for Dave Damashek. He's a big influence on Don and I. We wanted to make sure we introduced him to Football Nation as quick as possible. So it was really important for us to get Dave on the show, and it meant a lot for us to be able to bring him to our new uh, casa, so to speak. So thanks to Dave for doing that. Really quickly, just to kind of close things out today, I want to remind you that we are the Sportscasters. You can find us on Twitter. We're at sports underscore casters. We do another podcast. Uh, that podcast is called the Sportscasters, and it's on our website, www.sports-casters.com. Our guests this week were Lars Anderson, Ben Ryder, and Darren Elliott from Sports Illustrated and sportsillustrated.com. Uh, with Lars, we talked a lot about the Arkansas scandal and his column on running back out at Arkansas. We also talked to uh, Ben Ryder about baseball and Darren Elliott about the NHL playoffs. Uh, Don, what I want to give you a second to do this. So while I look it up, tell me what's cool on Football Nation right now. You know, like last week, we were able to like rap about the really cool article about the football movie draft which i thought was really cool i saw that there was an article on there today uh about uh the denver broncos and their draft and kind of mock you know the mock of the 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 broncos draft i thought was really good and informative um there's a really cool article by aaron cutler about nike and uh their new football jerseys but he kind of set nike straight and said what the five most iconic NFL uniforms on. So, you know, we're, we feel like we're part of the football nation now and we're going to keep our eyes on all the cool stuff that everyone writes. And we definitely want to be able to, uh, to say when we see something great, was there anything you, you checked out this week, Don? I noticed there was a, uh, a lot of articles with a half naked nurse in them. Yeah. The nurse. <laughs> she's that seems a to be a, a popular segment over on, uh, NaughtyNurseFacts.com. We're going to have to ask Carrie about the naughty nurses. The naughty nurse. Maybe we could have a naughty nurse on the sportscasters for cheap pop. But no, actually, the naughty nurse articles are, are, are pretty interesting. Pretty uh, kind of like an eight. Like to this one's a lot of different stats and uh, ADD-driven articles. Like if you don't want to read one thing for too long, there's a lot of like quick little snippets about this week's about the Saints and all the different areas and their quality stat rankings and a lot of stuff about the Saints, best game of their year, the worst game of the year, their strengths, weaknesses, and I'm assuming they're going to do this for and a beautiful, all the teams. And a beautiful picture of one of the Saints stations. Yes. She might not be a nurse, but she's gorgeous, and she's <laughs> showing everyone So check, how check out the naughty, naughty nurse for the, the playoff previews. There's all sorts of uh, mock draft stuff I noticed getting ready for the draft. All right, that's going to do it for the podcast today. Uh, We'll be back with you next week. It's pretty cold in Buffalo, Don. Let's go to California. Spend my days with a woman and kind. Smoke my stuff and drink.